1: You're listening to Tom and Bach on three seven The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Chick-fil-A, 48th and 0, Tailgate Tuesday with Tom and Bach as we welcome in B.C., Brian Christofferson Husker 24-7. Hi, Brian. How are you?
2: Well, I'm, I'm all right. It's been an uh, interesting couple days, yeah. but it's
1: good. Have you recovered? I mean, do you get, like – Mental fatigue from days like yesterday, just thinking about them, and then having to process all that and then write it down.
2: Well, I mean, it's I it's a pretty thankful thing I have to have the job I'm doing, writing about sports. Oh. So it's it's all right. Uh, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was a busy one. I mean, it's uh, probably I don't remember a bye week, and I definitely don't remember a day just exactly like that. Not in season. I mean, usually when Nebraska has made moves uh you know or or let people go it's always after the season so th- this is sort of a new one
1: yeah around well, here bach ba asked the question uh because it felt like to him that to fire four offensive coaches uh, with two games left to go means that you've given up you've said okay uh it doesn't really matter what the the record is the rest of the year uh we've kind of given up on this season i didn't think of it that way did you
2: no um I Here's what I think. It's uh, early signing day and the calendar has changed everything where uh, you sort of have to, I don't know, this was like the deadline I felt like where Trev Alberts had to decide on Frost and Frost sort of had to decide on his assistants because he couldn't very well send some of those guys out there. It was no advantage to them to send like Ryan Held and some of these coaches out on the road recruiting If like three weeks later, the people you're building relationships with, if those coaches aren't even there. And so I think what we're seeing is a product of early signing day. Like we haven't quite seen it around these parts where you sort of have to have your ducks in row as early as possible about this is what we're doing as the runway into next season. I do think the 22 season started yesterday. I mean, I would say that like, I don't think it means they've given up on the games ahead, but I, I feel like it, what's ahead is all part of 22 now. Like it's all pointed toward that direction. Um, I still think they can compete and possibly beat Iowa. I think Wisconsin's going to be a tall task because of their defense. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting how you know Frost kind of mends the locker room too. I'm sure there's some guys hurt because. You know, those they had coaches who they've been with every day, and they're like family, and they've recruited them, and so you got to kind of walk through that part. So it'll be interesting, like the mood that meets us when we sort of next week get a get a talk to players and and who's left over on the coaching staff. I mean, it, it'll be kind of a weird vibe.
3: When you mentioned it, it kind of does feel like you're, you're kind of moving to the 2022 season. Do you think that the the goal in in these final games is to win those games? uh you know obviously that's, that's the ultimate goal but is it is to, to to put everything into winning those games or is it more to kind of prepare for 2022 maybe get some younger guys more playing time you know it's kind of one of those weird like bowl discussions where you know some of the players might opt out and so you just want to kind of see what what you have moving forward i think in some
2: cases their hands might be f- forced on that like you know with Doman in in particular with i know he's got sort of a hand injury or something and it it might be a deal where he just needs to get that handled. And, uh, you know, he might not be around. And that, I mean, that's a tough one if that's the case because your defense is playing so well, but who's like the focal point of it? It's probably Doman as much as anybody. And so you'd be throwing maybe like an Isaac Gifford or somebody into that role against really good teams. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about like Isaac Gifford in the future, but it could be a tough assignment for a couple of those guys. I I mean, you're already seeing Miles Farmer. I think it's possible you might see a little bit more Noah Pola-Gates. I do think there is a part where uh, that stops, though, where you don't go overboard with it. And the reason I'd say that is you still have to do a service to the guys on your roster who are putting in all the work. And these guys want a big win before they leave. I mean, they really do. Like, they want to... At least put something on the wall that's not a win over Buffalo or Fordham or Northwestern. And I, I think, you know, it, it's sometimes easy for us to say, well, throw Logan Smothers out there. And then maybe, maybe the guys see the practices and they're like, Logan Smothers isn't ready for it. I mean, that very yeah. well could be. And I always take that into account. So I think we have to be careful sometimes with acting like it's a video game um, because. Um, there aren't re- there aren't really trial runs with Nebraska football. People act like there are, and I know Frost already has next year guaranteed. I guess, but um, if Nebraska goes and loses to Iowa forty two to six, that's that's rough. I mean, the, 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 if Iowa's running across um, the field and uh, grabbing the trophy again at Memorial Stadium, no one's going to like that. So I know people say, "I'll oh, do this yeah. and that," and but it's hard. It's hard to pull that trigger.
1: Yeah, PC Husker 24-7 is our guest. So he talked about fresh ideas, uh, wanting some fresh ideas. And I'm just thinking about that with the number of guys that have been fired. Uh, Lubick, obviously, there was maybe some tug-of-war at times between uh, who actually had control of the offense. Nebraska's running back situation never improved uh, it, since Divine Azigbo, who they didn't recruit. And you're with your fourth-team guy at the start of uh, fall camp, who is now the starter. Uh, and is a good back, but is that the best you could do? The offensive line, we know the struggle's there, and so the firing of Greg Austin certainly makes sense, and you haven't had a quarterback uh, develop under Mario Berdusko at a really high level. Adrian's been good at times, but you talked about why doesn't Nebraska have a backup quarterback? Well, why don't they? And maybe that's part of the reason. I mean, there are certainly, you could see the clear reasons for the for the guys that were dismissed.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think in these cases, it always goes back to the head man, uh, but they're not gonna let go of the head man. So usually, the you know he's got to make some moves uh, to show that you're you're going a different direction. And I I do think he's probably right that they're at a point where they've sort of done stuff a certain way and it hasn't you know materialized as they hope. And if you can't just continue to do that, I think two years ago. Um, you know, Matt Lubick, I think, is a pretty sharp offensive mind, but he's probably very similar in mindset as as Frost. Like they're they're very like minded in how they think about offense and stuff like that. And I and I wonder in hindsight if you know it might have been better if if they had got someone who maybe I don't know pushed a little in a different direction. But you know, it, it is what it is now. And now the question is, is is Frost, you know, going to want to be more of that? ceo type is he going to allow somebody in a make it or break it year to sort of have full reign of the offense and oc he brings in do you take verdusco's open position um and and make that a special teams coordinator and then frost works with the qbs more if he's got an oc trust to run the offense as a whole i think there's i it'll be interesting what the map is that he laid out to Trev and as we get it laid out in front of us and how quickly he'll put that map in front of us about what he's planning. Um, but that's sort of my rough draft idea of what might happen. He gives an OC more control of the offense. Maybe he works with QBs more. Maybe you have the QBs coach position that was become a special teams coordinator. I don't know. We'll see.
3: And it, certainly an interesting decision made and, and people kind of have their different narratives of, of why it was made. Somebody some people kind of think of the, the, the harbot type thing where you restructure the deal, don't blow it up and and see how it moves forward. Some some people think maybe they're thinking with their heart instead of their head, and, and, and Trev Albert's kind of said as much yeah. as far as you know Scott Frost.
0: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew Program that turns hard to recycle plastics into value
4: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
3: Being a brother and a former Husker, and and if if there's anybody that deserves a chance, maybe we should give it to him. But in my mind, they might be just kind of being a little bit nuanced in the fact that they're not ready to blow it up because they are close, and the reason they are close is that defensive side. So how much of this was about kind of deep keeping that together rather than blowing it up and bringing a, a whole new staff all together? And you don't know if, if that defense is going to continue moving like uh, it is the way that Shenander's got it going.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I mean, that that side of the ball, they've played really well. And uh, they've got, like, sort of the culture you want across your whole roster. Like, they, they play disciplined, and um, for the most part, they – they don't have the big play go against them. I know they had the 75-yarder against Ohio State, but that's been very rare. And Ohio State's a different animal. To hold that team to 26 points is is pretty darn good. So, yeah, I understand why you wouldn't want to blow that up. And, it look, I don't think anybody – sometimes in this discussion about what should happen with Frost, each side acts like the other side is stupid. And I just don't get it. Like, I, I mm-hmm. understand a person with a point of view that's like, hey – They're 15-27. and Nobody but Scott Frost survives that. That's probably probably accurate. I also understand that there are reasonable people who aren't dolts who look at this season and they're like, they are better. They're a better football team than what I've watched the last three years, Mm -hmm. and I know what their record is, but I've also watched them go toe-to-toe with these teams, and I'm willing to give this guy, who is a legacy guy, who uh, who means a lot to this place, one more crack at it. There's been a lot invested into this, and maybe they're that close to finally having their number called. I want to see how it goes. I understand that point of view, too, and I would also add to it, we, we tend to sometimes pretend like it's Monopoly money over there. That was going to be a severe buyout, as it was. Um, I think Trev, with the hand that was in front of him, uh, probably did what he needed to do yesterday um he's bringing a guy back who i think probably if you took a vote in this state would you like frost back for one year if you got away from social media and the message boards and actually just let the people of the state vote i think frost would win the vote and get another crack at it and i think trev alberts realized that was probably the popular sentiment and he also knew i got to get this buyout restructured uh if it doesn't go well next year and he did that so i think now I actually kind of woke up today like feeling there's clarity around Husker football. Everybody knows what the deal is. Frost has to win big in 22, and just because he was a QB and won a title here isn't going to afford him more than that, and uh, we know it. I mean, it's all out in front of us now, and I I don't know. There's something I think that that I think the haze is sort of
3: gone now, and
2: it's very evident to everybody what has to happen, And so I kind of like that.
3: Well, I agree with you the most part. The one part I am, you know, and, and we'll have to see kind of what the staff put together and all that. But what do you think the expectations or the bare minimum expectation is for next year? We've been going into in the last couple of season saying just make a bowl. Are you yep. back to that discussion or do they need to take a significant step and to get to like eight to nine wins right. to think that this thing is headed in the right direction? I think the latter.
2: I think uh, I wrote this Sunday. I'm OK. I was OK. I was in the camps. It's like, OK. You get one more crack at it, but I've always viewed 22. I looked at the schedule three years ago, and I looked at 22, and I was like, okay, that's going to be year five of Frost. That's got to be the year where they are right there in the West race, and that's just sort of the standard for Husker football. No matter what happens before it, when they get to that point, that's where it needs to be. Whatever bricks that were laid or whatever happened previous, it's got to be like eight, nine wins or better all the time at that point. And I believe that right now because, in a way, what we're saying about this season and what Trev Alberts and others are saying is, I know the record is 3-7. and That is what it is. But those who have watched it and know the schedule are probably viewing this team from a metric standpoint as more of a 6-7 or win team, right? I think that's fair. I think a lot of us look at it and, like, Mm -hmm. metrics-wise, they're a team that's probably – you know a 6 or 7 quality win team about this year. Well, if that's your viewpoint, then the next step next year is to be an 8 or 9 win team. So I don't think you should just sniff a bowl in 22 and that's enough. I do think I, I think there's got to be pressure to raise the bar pretty high now and it's got it's got to be not just a den in the wall season, but you you kick down the wall, you know. That's that's sort of got what it's got to be, I Dumb. think.
1: Hey BC, uh, the one thing that we've all complained about from time to time is a lack of identity, and there have been times that you've had it. uh, And I remember Scott saying he wanted uh, the Oregon speed with Nebraska strength, or Nebraska strength with Oregon Oregon speed. And at times they've—I mean, it looked like they had that a little bit against Northwestern. Do you think that's still what he wants? And will know more when we see, or how much more will we know when we see the names of the coordinators that are coming?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. I it, I want to see who that OC is. That's going to be interesting. Like is is he I mean, is he willing with it all on the line next year to really abandon yeah. the sort of philosophy he's had as an offensive coach? I don't know if I can believe that. Um but that's where I guess we see who he hires and say, okay, he's really going to he's going to shift shift things dramatically we I mean we have seen that before in a way and I think Mike Riley's hand was forced, yeah. but he completely shifted his defensive mindset bringing in a uh Diaco you know and it didn't go as as hope so that's where um you know sometimes this is tricky and of course I'd like to think he maybe has his assistant sort of in mind right now but that that's the big hmm. question is I don't know who's in Frost Network or what that looks like and so He's sort of always been around the same type of coaches as he's come up, um, you know, since uh, UCF and all that. So this is going to be um, uh, it's going to be interesting how it all blends together.
1: Have you given up on the Vikings or are you even watching it on Sundays anymore?
2: I haven't given up. I still follow their scores. I don't watch though because it doesn't yeah. it's not good for smart. Me. it's just not. I yeah, don't smart. like it yeah. doesn't bring I'm me right happiness. I'm sure that's how some no. Husker fans feel. So oh, that's how I am about the way.
1: Vikings. Yep. Uh, going going overtime, of course they're gonna lose. Yep, it, they lost. Uh right on yeah. cue. Uh yeah, I, I should learn, but I still watch them, uh, B C. Good stuff. Uh thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Uh Brian Christofferson. Uh, I, I that the offensive identity of this next coach. I really want it to be that whole Oregon speed with Nebraska strength thing. Yeah. Uh, and you have, you have an idea of what that could look like, but, man, I just want to win, so just go with the Minnesota offense. <laughs> just go with that ugly Minnesota offense that they run that's so effective that Bach probably loves. Oh, yeah. Of, it's ugly Big Ten football. Uh, but it's effective, Big Ten football. So that conversation, as we go forward, will be a big one. That what
3: he, what what's this identity going to be? It, and it, it is it should be noted though if you do go through through that offense it, it's 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 may it's meant to you know limit possessions and all that yeah. so it gives you less margin for error so you really can't be turnover prone in that and we've seen that with you know a lot of these offenses yeah. if if Tanner Morgan has a bad game they right. can lose to Illinois uh, you know if uh, if 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 Iowa Spitzer Peters throws four picks. That's over. They're not going to win that game. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you do go to that type of offense, you better you, you know, you, there's going to be some games where you're going to have a few turnovers and it's going to put you in a bind. Yeah. And you have a defense like you do now, it would make sense if you're trying to win a
1: job for the next five, ten years and you're Scott Frost, he'll he'll say, "Well, I've got a good defense. I'm going to protect that defense and run the ball." Yeah. Uh, so we could see. You could make an argument for a Minnesota Wisconsin or even Iowa-type offense. Eek. (laughs) I'm all in. That's just horrible. Uh, It's a terrible thought. Uh, Let's get to break and finish off with the pregame. We'll have that next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.